Hello, hello, and welcome to another Toon Network match report. It's just gone full time at Southampton and it's finished Southampton 2, Newcastle 2 at St Mary's. And let's break it down. Let's see, let's see what happened. Usually St Mary's is, is spelled kind of misery for Newcastle in previous in sort of recent history. It seems to be a bit of a bogey ground for us. Um, so I think a lot of us would have been pleased with maybe a point today. Um, that's exactly what we've got. But maybe we we maybe we can feel a bit aggrieved that we we probably were the um, architects of our own downfall with a couple of mistakes. I felt a couple of their goals were a bit cheap, um, but we we did we were very efficient in the final third with what little possession we had. But let's talk through the first half anyway. So first off was the. Um, I mean, we, 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 when we took the lead, it seemed to be quite well. It, it seemed to be sort of a bit against the run of play and uh, a bit of a surprise. But I've got to say the the tenacity and determination of the Jose Perez when he was you know charging down that that left wing, and I think it was Van Dyke tackled him and he was on the floor, but he just stretched out uh, a leg to just nudge the ball through to Matt Ritchie. He crossed it. Came out of Atsu, who hit a really good strike that was blocked, and then it came out of Hayden, and Fraser Forster had already been down um, from the first from Atsu shot, and the, but the way Hayden struck it with it was venomous, but it was really controlled, and it seemed to have a bit of zip, like the it was it had a bit of a curve on the ball, it sort of uh, hit some side, and he just hit it well. It wasn't massively in the corner or anything. Um, but it was just, I thought it was just a really, really solid uh, strike. Really impressed, and, and and Perez's work rate as part of that move to keep it alive was great. I mean, Forster had, had a bit of a shaky start, given that early on Perez had charged down a back pass to to, to Forster, who tried to clear it, took a really poor first touch, and Jose, you know, as he, as he does, runs his heart out and. It charged it down and it probably just knocked shut the confidence of um, Newcastle's former academy player Fraser Forster so that was really pleasing um, but then in the second half I felt that Gabbiadini goal I mean it was very I think it was about 49th minute or something straight after the break we seem to have a lot of men back and Manquillo seemed to do a really good jockeying job on, on Gabbiadini just to stop him getting in. Gabbiadini sort of went around the houses to get onto his left foot, his favoured left foot. And it was it was odd because it... I'm looking at it again. Manquillo did really, really well to jockey him. He stayed with him. He stayed on his feet. He, but it still felt like a really, really cheap goal to give away. And I don't know if that's because... Obviously, when it goes through the legs of the defender... That's going to make it difficult for the goalkeeper. But I wonder whether Elliot didn't set himself right from Gabbiadini being near post to go all the way around to the edge of the box and it cut it back across. I appreciate that that's probably the only place he could have scored at that point. But for him to find that near post still after we jockeyed him and we had that many players in the box and it seemed to be a bit of a nothing attack... It just felt really cheap and easy, and it was really frustrating. And it gave Southampton, who had been, you know, shell shocked a bit and lost loss of confidence, as they have been, you know, they haven't had the greatest 
starts to campaigns. I think they'll be all right because uh, they've got some good players. But Maurizio Pellegrini is still finding his feet in English football. But Southampton seemed to completely switch off st straight away from the kickoff. And I, again, it was Perez who was really heavily involved in, in that move. I think it was um, I think it was Yedlin that came out with the ball, passed it to Shelby, who passed it forward, got knocked to Perez, who was a give and go, came to Richie on the wing. He had a really nice precision ball right into the space ahead of Perez, who had a strike. Again, it, it was probably quite comfortable for Forster, but he sort of punched it back out towards Perez again, who was the quickest to react. And again, Forster hasn't set himself quickly enough, and he's left a gap, as, as acute an angle it, as it was, that uh, Perez scored from. Really clean. Again, like Hayden's, Perez just concentrated on a controlled strike that was accurate and hoped for the best, I guess. And it went in, and... Forster left quite a big gap if you look at the replay quite a big gap in the end so that was amazing it was what a brilliant instant reply and I just kind of felt there was a there was a couple of moments in that second half where I thought we might have maybe just nicked a, th a third you know and we had a couple of corners we had a lot of I think we had eight corners all all together and Southampton didn't have as many as that um Richie had an effort blocked from the outside of the area when it was laid off to him um, but ultimately what you know we were out of possession for most of it uh, as you can expect as it has been the story for pretty much every Premier League game this season but then equally we were pretty defensively disciplined as well obviously that lapse in the first in, 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 for the for Southampton's first goal but then for the penalty Florian Lejeune back in the side um, after Clark was rested from internationals, equally Mourinho, Mourinho, I hate when people call him Mourinho, Miguel Mourinho, who's just signed permanently, was rested as well because he was in action for the Spain under-21s. So Lejeune's committed on Shane Long, who's got really quick feet anyway, and he was going absolutely nowhere, and, you know, if he hadn't tackled him, Shane Long's just punted the, he's just told the ball out for a goal kick. But Lejeune's gone storming in. He's 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 been absolutely done, and it's just such a silly, cheap again, just a really cheap way to concede. The penalty was really impressive from Gabbiadini, I must admit. Middle of the goal, side netting, like you can't save them. He put most of his penalties to the keeper's bottom right, where he missed one actually and scored the others. But yeah. I, I don't think Elliot's going to be saving that. But again, it just felt really cheap. And I wonder, obviously Lejeune's come in and he was injured, obviously, in the, in the Spurs game. He's not, not found his way back into the side because Clark and Lascelles have been kicking him out. But I wonder that Clark was being rested for international for being involved in international duty. Lejeune's come in and as, although he might be physically refreshed and fit because he hasn't had internationals, I wonder if mentally... He's still a bit uh, fatigued or he's st still not up to the pace or, you know, I think, you know, he, he was he was sound throughout the most of the game. But it's these moments that can turn a win into a draw, sometimes into a defeat as well. But 
I don't want to lambast him too much because it was his first game back and it's I think it's good to have a bit of rotation and competition in there. And I think he's been a great sign. I think he will continue to improve and develop under Rafa Benitez. But in that moment, uh, I think he's I think he's let himself down there and it, it's kind of cost us. Yedlin then, who had been booked in the first half for descent, I think it was, then went in a really dangerous challenge, um, which I felt should have absolutely been a second yellow, should have been a red card. The referee pondered for a bit. He's 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 sort of absorbed what's happened. Lascelles came straight over to try and chat him out of it. I think we're extremely extremely fortunate not to get a red card. Equally as I as I thought, um, Richie was unfortunate not to get a red card against Swansea. I think it was. I think we've got away with one there, and I wondered whether ben Benitez was going to take him off. But then the pace that they've got on the wings. Benitez obviously thought that it was a risk worth taking to have him on the pitch still. Um, so we were very fortunate then. Um, but I think after that yellow card and after that after that incident where he probably should have got a second, Southampton brought uh, Buffal on. And I just from their perspective, I didn't feel that they tried to penetrate our right-hand side enough. Knowing that Yedlin's, you know, half a second mistake away from, you know, being sent off, I don't think they, I didn't feel like they attacked us enough down that left hand side, or at least asked enough questions. Um, obviously, Richie's, Richie's a really good defensive winger, and he he came back and sort of held out as he as he would have done anyway, and as he was doing. But for me, Southampton didn't really create that many clear-cut chances that their finishing was poor and you know they only had two shots on target today and they scored with both of them so Elliot hasn't made a save today so they've had two shots on target and one of them was a penalty and then the other was that was that first Gabbiadini goal which he's done very well as an individual goal but our defence probably should have managed to keep out so you can just kind of see where their issue is you know their issue is being able to finish up top they haven't scored a lot of goals this season. And Forster's shakiness as well. And it, that was proven again with sort of, you know, Parry and a Shelby cross-come shot out for a, a corner. He just, he just looked like he was ready to make another mistake. And I, as much as we had a kind of late flurry, I think a couple of more corners. I mean, we managed five shots on target in the end, despite only having... I mean, we had, in the end, 38.3% possession, which, that, that doesn't surprise me, and it probably doesn't surprise any of you either. But we've had eight corners, and we've had five shots on target to their two. So, as much as, again, it, it, it's, it's, it's this question of efficiency, it's the question of us having to do a lot more with a lot less. It's similar to the Liverpool game. We... We didn't have that many chances in the final third, but we didn't have as clear-cut chances as Liverpool did, but because they were so uh, profligate in front of goal, we matched them and we got a point, and the same's happened today. I think it's a really, really good away point. As I said before, Southampton's usually a place that we come away from empty-handed. It's, it's happened since you know since the days of Matt Letizia in the, you know, in the, in the 90s. We've never usually done well at Southampton, uh, either the Dell or St Mary's. 
but I was really pleased with how we battled hard. I was really pleased with how high we pressed. I thought, I thought the midfielders played well. We maybe struggled at times to hold on to the ball and control. Obviously, the possession stat tells you that, but I think we sort of just panicked a bit where we kind of booted the ball out and just, you know, hoped for somebody just to be there. I think there was a bit of a transition from when Perez came off and actually against, you know, against what most people would have actually expected. When he brought Perez off for Marino, I was thinking, well, could this be it? It was Shelby or Marino's going to take that number 10. Which ones are going to be? And could this maybe lead to competition for Perez moving forward to accommodate Hayden, Shelby and Marino on the same side? But what actually happened is Hayden was actually pushed further forward. And, and, and I've said this a while, as much as he, you know, he is an absolute, you know, usually employed as a, as a defensive midfielder, I've seen a lot of box-to-box -box qualities in, in Isaac Hayden, late runs, and I think if you look at his mobility, he's probably more mobile than Shelby and Marino, so he could assume this Ayose role of assisting the striker by chasing down, high-pressing, putting defenders under pressure, not giving them a minute uh, to get comfortable on the ball so that they knock it long and hopefully lose possession, you know, ask questions of them, and Hayden was able to do that very well, I thought. He was the, he was the natural choice and he, he made himself busy in that final third and he was a good target man actually to his feet or um, Marino made his presence known when he came on. He was battling hard. He was using, his, he's, he's got really good use of uh, strength and he uses his shoulders and, 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 and body weight to get people, to get in, the, get his body in the way of opposition and ball. And he did that really, really well. Shelby had a few nice touches and a few uh, solid passes. I felt um, a couple of his bit, some of his delivery was quite good, but again, I just want to see a little bit more from Shelby. A couple of you know a couple of errors and giving the ball away, but Rich, Richie worked hard. I think Atsu started well, but maybe disappeared a bit in the second half. So, but the thing the thing with when Gale came on. I, I knew he was going to come on because I knew that Hosselu wasn't. I guess once Perez went off, we were kind of missing a bit, a bit of pace up front as well. Um, once Perez came off, but when Hosselu came off for, for Dwight Gale, is it just me or did Dwight Gale seem to be like a yard off the pace? He seems to have. He seems to have lost a yard of pace for me. He's 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 a lot slower, and I thought he was really as much as we didn't give him much. He was just. He, just seemed a bit ineffectual for me and, and and he was you know we know that he's easily barged off the ball by strong defenders and you know him and Van Dyke is <laughs> it's no contest really but yeah I, I'm not sure I'm not sure if he's gonna last past January to be honest I wonder if those rumors of him possibly being almost being sold at the end of the transfer deadline day in, uh, in the summer whether there was you know, genuine interest in him and genuine interest on Newcastle's part to sell him to fund moves for another striker. I'd be very surprised if we weren't in the market for another striker, given that, as you know, as as, as much as Hossley works hard, and I don't think we've got any striker who we can fully depend on in the Premier League, and that's that's going to be really important. Premier League, you need to score goals ultimately. I thought, 
I thought the defensive discipline was good there, and I thought it was an embattled performance. We it was a it was a rugged point. I thought it carries momentum on from Liverpool, from the other side of the international break that were, you know, difficult to difficult to actually beat. And the games that we've been beaten, it's been by one goal, except the Spurs game, and we're down to ten men. So I think we've done pretty well there. So that puts us up into ninth. Uh, sorry, it, we maintain. Uh, our position in ninth, up to 11 points, so we're two clear of Southampton, who are now on nine. And we're only two points behind the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool. So that just, it puts our start into perspective, given how we were kind of in turmoil at the end of the transfer window, having not signed the players that we clearly needed and Rafa wanted. But again, Rafa Benitez, he... He's creating a team that's bigger than the sum of its parts. He's created competition. He's created players, a mentality in the players where they want to fight. You know, we fought today and I think it would have been an injustice had we gone home completely empty-handed. Three points would have been, you know, absolutely incredible. But on reflection, we have all settled for the point and I think the point has been... I think the point's been really, really good. So we can carry on this momentum into the next game and just keep going. I think um, I think it's Crystal Palace we play next at home and I'd be very surprised if we didn't fancy ourselves. I mean, I know they've had a really impressive... I mean, they were always going to break their duck somehow and in spectacular fashion it was... It was kind of typical that they did so against Chelsea. But I think away from home, they're going to be a different proposition. And I think I think St James's Park is becoming a really difficult place to come to again. So I think we'll fancy our chances and it'll be a slightly different proposition to if Crystal Palace had gone down to yet another humiliating defeat. But I think we'll still have the edge on them. Again, I don't think we'll be scoring many. We might win by the odd goal, possibly. I think we'll be aiming, absolutely aiming for the win rather than being pleased with the draw. What I don't want to do is for us to slip down into kind of draws and possible defeats. We, we want to try and win as many games and I think that Palace game is a really, really winnable game. So hopefully we can make use of that and we can we can push on and hopefully get ahead of Burnley or just maintain the status quo of being in the top half. It's going to put us in a really good position moving forward, keep confidence high. The minute we start slipping, that's dangerous and the bottom half of the Premier League is a mixed bag. Everyone's fighting, everyone's slipping up, everyone's making mistakes. Two wins can take you from 15th up into 8th. You know, that's how tight it is at the bottom of, um, in, the, in the Premier League at the moment, certainly this early on in the season. So I think if we can keep confidence, we'll certainly take massive positives from the Liverpool draw and then this draw today at Southampton. I think we've done pretty well today. I'm pleased with, with the effort. Really pleased for Perez, probably my man of the match, given that he was... I know he came off very early, but he put in an absolutely dogged display and was involved in both the goals. Florian Lejeune nearly, nearly, nearly um, won it for us in the dying minutes um, when it was cleared off the line uh, by Stephen Davis, I think it was. But that, that header from the corner, I mean, that was on target, that was going in the corner. Forster was completely beaten. So, yeah, we might, we might 
have nicked it at the end there, but we're probably very, very lucky to keep 11 men on the pitch after the Edlund Challenge. So I think 2-2, draw, fair result really, I'll definitely take that, I'm sure you will too. On to the next one. Thanks very much for watching this two network match report with me, Adam. Please follow us on Twitter, uh, get involved on Facebook as well. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're watching there. If you're listening to this as an audio podcast, we're on SoundCloud and we're on iTunes as well. Anyway, you'll hear from me uh, after the next game at Palace. Thanks very much. I've been Adam. This has been a two network match report. Southampton 2, Newcastle 2. Get in. See you later. Bye-bye.